This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. I'm Lenny Jarrett, Director of the Center for Education Opportunities here at the Heartland Institute and host of today's edition of the podcast. Today's guest is Carrie Rodriguez, co-founder and president of the National Parents Union, and Alma Marquez, co-founder and secretary-treasurer of the National Parents Union. So, ladies, what is the mission of the National Parents Union? Our mission is to support parents who have lived experience in our authentic voices, advocates, and organizers across the country who are doing the tough work of engaging, educating, and empowering families neighborhood by neighborhood across the United States. Alma and I come from backgrounds where we've done this work in our communities for decades. I'm a former union organizer, and I'm the founder of Massachusetts Parents United, which is the largest parent advocacy organization in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We've done the tough work of coming together with our friends, our family, uh, folks in our communities to build a strong parent advocacy voice here in Massachusetts. And Alma has done the same with La Comadre in California. And what we have found is that there are organizations like ours across the United States that are fighting to get parents a voice at the table. Um, So all of these pockets of parent power are expected to go up against one of the most sophisticated political juggernauts. Uh, in politics today uh, and do so with very limited resources and without the benefit of having solidarity of other groups. So we've kind of done this work organically over the past few years, you know, trying to show our solidarity by showing up for other parent groups. But really what folks have told us is that it's important for us to come together um, to put together a united voice of highly effective parent organizations and grassroots activists across the country that's united behind a set of common goals and principles. And we really believe in channeling the power of of parents. Uh, And our family advocates are improving the quality of life for children across the United States. And we feel it's time for parents to step into their power. That sounds really amazing and something very needed today. Uh, so, Carrie, why a little bit more about why did you feel the need to start NPU? I've got to tell you, Alma and I have been working on this project for the last three years, and it's been a labor of love for us. Uh, we have poured our hearts and soul into this mission because uh, we believe that, you know, our children are so important, you know, and it's more than just lip service. We really believe that our children are the future of this country. And unfortunately, kids like ours are underserved. And when you take a look around, uh, parents who are fighting to have a voice at the table are often patronized, pushed out, um, and unfortunately are taken very seriously. So what we decided to do is to use our skills as you know, known advocates, activists, and political organizers to really help other organizations join with us so we could have a strong, united national voice. 
And what we're doing is creating this beautiful movement of parents. And we just had our, our convening last week in New Orleans, where over 150 different organizations representing all 50 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico, all came together uh, to pledge one to one another that we would have solidarity, that we would fight together to ensure that, you know, our conversations around policy and politics were redirected around what's best for children and families. Cool. Alma, I know you, you've been involved in this movement for a while, too. What was your impetus in actually helping to co-found uh, this movement? So, you know, I started doing parent organizing probably about 20 years ago, and, and I started um, what was known as the Los Angeles Parents Union. We started it as a grassroots organization, really trying to empower uh, diverse sets of parents and saw that we were able to make a lot of uh, changes, both policy changes and political uh, changes with that kind of support. And when Carrie and I met, uh, my sister was quick to point out that she had identified my twin from across the country. She was like, this is your East Coast twin. (laughs) And Carrie and I immediately just connected both on our values and on our shared commitment to empower parents and not in this lip service condescending kind of way, but really valuing the promise of parent power and valuing the true essence of what it means to organize parents in authentic ways, using uh, their shared experience, using their individual uh, stories to be able to affect change. And we were very much aligned and met to decide, okay, we want to work together. We know that there's this huge need. What should we do? And so that's where the idea of leveling up the work that um, that Terry has been doing in, in Massachusetts, the work that I've been doing in California, and bringing together like-minded folks like us who often feel isolated, who are often attacked, and this sense of solidarity and really building capacity was something that kept coming up for us, that there's a lot of parent organizations who are doing wonderful work and a lot of parent leaders who are doing wonderful work, but don't know, for example, that this is how you win a campaign. They don't know how to communicate with the media. They don't know the politics and how to win. And we thought that by establishing this National Parents Union, we would be able to actually have an institution that could help those parents win in each of their communities. Got it. So, yeah, you're going to go a lot deeper then than just kind of setting up this organization. You're actually going to be helping train other parents, helping them be a lot more effective all around the country then, sounds like. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's our vision. You know, and we want to make sure that parents feel supported because this work is very isolating. And I think that's one of the things that really bonded Carrie and I, that we were tired of being put out there and, and the ones who were obviously taking the hits and then we'd look around and we were the only ones taking the hits for our kids. And so we had this shared camaraderie and sisterhood in our shared experience and we knew that other people were feeling that way across the country. And at our convening, our inaugural convening, you could just feel that energy, right, Carrie? Like just people were so excited to know that they were not alone. And that's also what it was such a relief. It it was such an incredible relief for for folks. And and we're talking about, 
you know, people who are doing incredible work on behalf of kids and families, whether it's in their neighborhood, in their city, or across the state, just to find out they weren't alone and that we could do this work together. And what's so beautiful about the movement that we're building is that you have parents of color, you have low-income parents, special needs parents, single mothers and fathers, grandparents, formerly incarcerated parents, parents who are in recovery, homeschool parents, parochial school parents, virtual school parents, parents who are really set and, and, and really are envisioning, you know, what are the outcomes that we want for our kids? Not that we're married to a particular governance model or pledging allegiance to a system, but pledging allegiance to our children and what's best for them. And it was electric. It was incredible and just filled me with so much hope that folks from so many different backgrounds could come together and, and really um you know, pledge to do this work together. And, you know, the other thing that I just want to say very quickly is, is it's just beautiful to see folks put aside politics, you know, their differences of opinion and really come together. You know, me as a Democrat from Massachusetts on the Massachusetts Democratic State Committee, you know, I, I've even sat down with, you know, Governor Ducey, who is a friend of yours from, from Arizona, and he understands this movement and, and the power of parents and putting parents in the driver's seat when it comes to really being able to be the champions of their children's educational destiny and how important parent choice is. You know, we don't have to let partisan politics define, you know, what our end goal is going to be when it comes to outcomes for children, we can really have a much bigger, better conversation. Because when it comes down to it, it's the politics that keeps us from actually moving forward. Yeah, it really is. I was just sitting there thinking when you're talking about being isolated and not knowing other people are actually doing this as well. That's basically my experience. I kind of started looking into school referendums and looking into uh, how this could be worked. And I realized how fast that if once you're the face of something like that, how the teachers unions and the school, the system itself wants to target you and isolate you from everybody else. So they make you feel like you're alone. So, and then others kind of start dropping out because they don't want that same kind of attack. So yeah, I wish I'd have well, met you guys brutal. about 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> it's very brutal. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so brutal. And, you know, to go in, you know, I, I came into this Honestly, as I'm, I'm the single mother of three little boys. My oldest son has special needs. And, you know, I was a union organizer. I worked in politics, you know, and I have a lot more privilege and agency than, you know, my undocumented mother-in-law that speaks no English, you know, and me sitting there, you know, with everything I know about the system and, you know, all of my privilege, sitting there at the end of the table and, and realizing that I'm sitting there and in kindergarten, I, I was surrounded by folks who had already given up on my kid. You know, I'm not willing to give up on my kid. But they, they did everything in their power to take their my power away from me as, as my child's parent. And I knew I was not alone because when I would talk to other mothers, they would say, oh, my gosh, it's so terrible. You know, we have to st stand together. We have to organize to, to build our power because when we do come together, you know, we have already been able to win some tremendous victories. And it is possible, but it's intentional that they try to keep us isolated yep. and feeling as if, you know, these these things are just insurmountable because they want to take that power away from us. We're not going to let them do it anymore. Yep. So what kind of initiatives do you have planned for this year? I know you already mentioned you had an event last uh, in the last several weeks here in New Orleans. So are you planning larger national events? Are you How are you trying to reach out to other groups? Or are you just trying to grow membership to start with? Kind of what's your effort here as you first get started, really? 
So we're moving forward on all fronts, and I'll I'll take the first piece of this, and and I want to give Amma some time as well to, to talk through, you know, what she's visioning as well, because you know we do this as a partnership, and you know what our organization is about is about shared leadership, and it's we we can't do this without other parents joining together with us. So we're moving forward on all fronts. You know, we have no time to lose. That's the thing about parents. You know, for us, this is life and death. And we're here to bring the urgency to this movement because every minute we waste, we're leaving kids behind. And, you know, we can't go back and and get a refund for fourth grade um, if we haven't moved fast enough to get the outcomes we need for our kids. So we're going to be planning some actions. We're going to be holding presidential candidates accountable uh, on all levels for um, their lack of adequate plans, education platforms that were just absolutely abysmal and irresponsible. Uh, We took a vote last week of our membership to determine what the priorities are for our parents and, and for our members and parents across the country when it comes to what we need to hear from presidential candidates. So you can expect us to be holding them accountable directly. Um, We're going to be organizing and having actions, but most importantly, we need folks to join us. And you can join us by just going to our website, nationalparentsunion.org. We would love to connect with you. Uh, We need more folks to join us in this movement. And um, frankly, we're looking for for everybody to get on board with this movement of parents that want to stand up and refocus the system instead of on the wants of adults, the needs of children. Got it. Alma, would you like to join in and kind of talk a little bit about what, uh, some of your efforts as well, too? Sure. So we have also, so one of the things that came out of the inaugural, the ratifying of the union, because we went through an entire process to actually ratify the union, was this shared commitment to actually grow the union by regions. We um, are dividing up the nation into six regions, and our goal is to be able to, to develop leadership in each of those regions because every community is different. What is happening in California is different than what's happening in Massachusetts in terms of the specific spikes in those in those uh, regions. So we want to build out the organizational leadership, the organizational infrastructure, and ensure that the five priorities that came out of the convention are things that we are communicating to everybody and every parent and every political person in the country. We want to make sure that everybody is very clear about our mission and our goals to ensure that kids have what they need and that they're the center of the conversations moving forward. Got it. Okay. Um, So what has kind of the reaction been to your announcement that you've started the National Parents Union, both positively and negatively. I've seen some of both. I'd give you guys a chance to kind of talk about what that reaction has been from you guys personally, because I know you've seen a lot more of the reaction than I probably have. Well, you know what? Uh, From my perspective, I I choose to focus on the joy. And frankly, uh, since we have voted to ratify the National Parents Union, we have been met with just a tidal wave of folks who are just elated that the National Parents Union has finally come together. They're excited to join this movement. They're excited to refocus our education conversation back on children and families. You know, the whole purpose why we have this system is to benefit them and really just getting us back on track. Um, Frankly, 
regardless if you're a parent organization, you're an education policy wonk, you're an elected official, and frankly, other unions have celebrated uh, the birth of this in incredible movement. So I'm focusing on them. Um, certainly, you know, the folks that are very comfortable with the status quo are going to be upset and threatened. And frankly, that's very validating of our work. The fact that, you know, the largest teachers unions in the country, the NEA and the AFT, are already quite, you know, upset by the fact that parents have decided to claim their own voice and their own seat at the table um, and that they're threatened by the fact that we are doing this work. It's just, again, very validating, um, but we are hopeful that we'll get to a, a point where they will understand and appreciate the work that we are doing on behalf of children and families and where it will be complementary, um, that we can work together. Because frankly, you know, there are things that we have decided are going to be the priorities of our work that really should be uh, universal uh, across, you know, any perspective at education. So uh, last week, you know, our delegates decided that our priorities were going to be ensuring educational equity for children of color and families with lower incomes, promoting parent power and participation, increasing access to quality school options, fully funding and supporting special education and investing in quality pre-K education. You know, those are things that are universal, that it doesn't matter if you're a teacher's union, you're a conservative ed policy wonk, you know, you should be able to get behind because those are things that are good for children that we know overcome the opportunity gap. Um, so we're just hopeful that at this point, you know, the naysayers will, will say what they're going to say. Obviously, you know, they work to, to you know, promote a status quo that benefits them. Uh, and we're going to be disruptive to that. So, you know, overall, I think it's been very positive. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of see that a lot of times, too, when the teachers unions and some of those organizations start attacking you, they realize you're a threat. And otherwise, they would they would never bother even mentioning your name. Totally. Yeah. That's been one of the things that's been affirming for us. You know, we were both personally attacked by by their machine um, on social media, on their you know usual suspects blogs, um, and you know at, at some point we were thinking, well, you know, how do we respond to this? But I think that what we've decided is just to respond to it with grace. That our work is very centered on children we're clear that you know we support them developing their agenda that's fine we're not anti-union i came from a union household right my mom was a teacher's assistant for many years and was represented by SEIU. so i'm not going to stand here and say those unions they shouldn't exist that's not my stance my stance is those unions should be held accountable to what is happening in classrooms and the only way that we're going to be able to push the needle is if we have equal and comparable kind of organizations that are focused on this work. And that's why the, the National Parenting Unit is so important. And it's important so that we can actually be in the conversation, not be considered an afterthought, and really ground the conversation, what is it that kids need? And not what is it that kids need in 20 years, but what is it that kids need now, and what is the quickest pathway to make that happen? Yeah, that's really the important because, you know, kids going to school, they've got their 12 to 14 years there before, before they head to college or go to some type of career, technical education, or work. And so, yeah, there is a really a short time span there 
to concentrate and do this to get to get more kids involved and get them the options they really really need. So I. I I really enjoy. I've enjoyed talking to you guys today. As is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners that we haven't covered yet? We haven't. I haven't asked the question. What else would you like our listeners to know about what you're doing and more? How how do they find out more about the National Parents Union? So nationalparentsunion.org. I notice you're also on Facebook. What other ways can they find you? And whatever the, what other what else do you want parents to know? Uh, it's critically important that folks go to the website and sign up. Um, We certainly have assembled a powerful group of about 150 organizations representing hundreds of thousands of parents across the country. But this work uh, is difficult to do in isolation. We know that there are parents that are doing important work in their neighborhoods that could use some support, some resources, some professional development, and frankly, just some friends that have their back. Um, So we want folks to know that we have your back, we're here for you, and we want you to join in solidarity with us because this work being done by one parent here and one parent there, unfortunately, is not going to be powerful enough to play on the national scene. So we need your help. You need our help. Let's do this work together. Please go to nationalparentsunion.org or visit our Facebook group so that you can connect with us. Uh, It's very urgent. And frankly, we have no time to waste. So we would love to hear from you, uh, parents from across the country. And maybe if you haven't started a group yet, but you're, you're fired up and you, you really want to see what you can do in your community, we're looking for you as well. Because we know there's a lot of parents that have great ideas, that have this passion in their hearts, but they just don't know where to get started. We can connect you with folks that are doing this important work, and we need your help too. All right. Thank you, Carrie and Alma. I am so glad you're able to join me today. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to connect. Yeah. So, listeners, I also want to thank you for joining us today. Please check out Heartland's website, heartland.org, as we continue to track issues that deal with education and education opportunities for children and groups that are actually working to help your children, my children, and everybody's children in, the, in a great way. Also, make sure to go to our PolicyBot website, your one-stop shop for free market solutions to public policy problems. And if you're hearing one of these podcasts for the first time, make a point to subscribe to our daily podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and make sure to have a great day. Are you interested in helping the freedom movement? Are you interested in helping the Heartland Institute? Then consider selecting the Heartland Institute as your Amazon Smile charity of choice. Amazon's charity will donate one half of 1% of your purchases to the Heartland Institute without any additional cost to you. And believe us, every little bit counts. Visit smile.amazon.com and type in the Heartland Institute to get started today.